Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. And burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. And when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offering, and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hast pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So, you know, obviously I want to talk about Jesus today. Uh, this being the time we celebrate His birthday. And you see this scripture we've just read talks about really more, not about His coming, but what He came to do. And that's really what I want to focus on today because, you know, the, the birth of Jesus was important, but it was not as important as what Jesus came for, right? The, the real important thing was what He accomplished on this earth. It was not just His coming. It was what He did while He was here. And what He did while He was, was here was become a perfect sacrifice. He became a sacrifice that was able to uh, not only uh, put a stay on the punishment that God had for us, like the previous offerings did, but His sacrifice offered up something that was so pure, so perfect, so holy, it was able to remove our sin. It was able to wipe away our sin. It was able to wipe away what God's wrath would have had in store for us. So God did a wonderful thing when He sent Jesus. That is such an act of love that really words don't do it justice. There's really not much I can say to tell you about how great of an act of love that was for Him to send His Son. But y'all, I want you to understand something today, that the act of love that Jesus showed on the cross was so much greater. See, it's, it's wonderful that He came. But what's even more wonderful was that He chose to die, okay? He didn't have to. He wasn't some robot that went about fulfilling what He had to do based on a list of instructions. He had perfect free will just like us. And He he struggled with it at times in the garden. When He was praying, he, He struggled with what He was about to have to go through. It weighed heavily upon Him, wouldn't it you? To know that you're going to give your life, especially for people that don't even like you. But what did he say? He said, Lord, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. But you know what? If it's your will, Lord, I'll do it. If that's your will, I'll do it. How many of y'all have ever said that before? God, whatever your will is, I'll do it. Man, that that takes a, a whole lot of work to get to that place. God has to do a whole lot in you to get you to that place. I have a feeling things were a little different with Jesus because, see, He didn't have to get to that place. Right? 
He, he had something different in him. He had, he had total understanding of God's will. He had total love and compassion. It wasn't something he had to flush out the bad to let the good come in. So he was at a perfect place when he got there to be able to do that. But y'all, his sacrifice... We, we think sometimes, well, what was it that Jesus did that was so awesome that made it possible for Him to wipe our sin away? Well, yeah, He gave His life. But see, He didn't just give His life. He wasn't just another sacrifice. He was a perfect sacrifice. You see, God had already laid down that ordinance He had already instructed the Israelites that when you're going to offer that sin sacrifice, it better be a lamb without spot or blemish. But I want you all to think about this for a minute. How many uh, things in this world have you ever seen that were 100% perfect? Nothing. You find the best you can, I guarantee you, you can go find something wrong with it. You go buy a brand new car off the car lot, I guarantee you if you look hard enough, you'll find a little scratch, a little nick, a little ding somewhere. If it rolls off the line, guarantee you you can look and find something. Because there's nothing in this world, created in this world especially, that's perfect. But see, Jesus came, man, He lived such a perfect life, y'all. Look, there wasn't a time that he slipped up. There was temptations. The world threw everything they had at him. Satan threw everything he had at him. He had all the temptation. All the potential for sin was there. And he overcame that. You see, that's why He's our high priest. That's why He's our King, our Savior. Because even though He went through those things... He overcame them. He never failed one time. We fail all the time. Y'all, there's times I go through temptations and I'm victorious. Yeah, man. Right? Feels good. You get through it and you overcome it and you're thinking, man, this is the best. I can't believe how easily I went through that. But then, what about those other times? Man, you... oh. Feels like I'm just getting attacked from every corner. Feels like I'm just getting beat up all the time and I succumb to temptation. Right? Look, Satan hit Jesus at his weakest. What was his weakest? He went into the wilderness, he fasted for 30 days, and Satan began to attack him. He hit him at his weakest. Physically, he was weak. Physically, he was drained. And if y'all have ever spent any time fasting, you know that mentally you become drained and, 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 and wore down too. Because it is always a mental battle to overcome the needs of the flesh. So he was at his lowest point. But if you've ever spent any time fasting, you also know that you become spiritually strong during that time. Because you beat down the flesh, you tell it, no, you will submit to the one that is greater. You become spiritually strong. So Satan looked at him and said, that's when I'm going to get him, when he's the weakest. But what he messed up was looking at the flesh's strength, not the spirit's strength. 
Because he went to him, he began to tempt him. And what did he do? He came back at him with the sword of the Spirit. He showed him the word, the weapon that he had. And I guarantee you there was no, no standing against it. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah 53, verse 4. Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem Him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to His own way. And the Lord hath laid on Him the iniquity of us all. We hear the story of how Jesus was tortured and crucified. And it's so easy looking at this from the outside to think the Jews were the bad guys. Right? Because that's the, that's the way we perceive things today. We, we watch movies and there's always a good guy and a bad guy, right? There's always someone that's trying to stop someone else that's doing evil. And the evil is always great, right? But somehow the good always prevails. And you look at this situation and you try to apply what you understand about the world to it. And you say, man, those, those Jews were terrible. Look how they attacked Him. He's so, he was so uh, good and they just attacked Him. He was, they were so bad. And we want to blame them. But y'all, that Scripture does not tell us the Jews were the problem. It says all of us have gone astray. He says that He was bearing the iniquity of all of us. All of our sin was laid on Him. It wasn't just the Jews. They had sin. But it was all of us. All of us had sin. All of us put those wounds on Him. All of us nailed Him to the tree. It was for all of us that He died. It wasn't just for them. But see, that's, that's the way you want to perceive it. You look at it like that and you think, they're the bad guys. But y'all, the Scripture I just read to you shows you that they were not the bad guys. All of us were the bad guys. All of us were the ones that crucified our perfect King. See, they wanted a King so bad. Man, they wanted a King. It's very reminiscent of the Old Testament. They went to Samuel and said, Samuel, we want a King. Samuel prayed, God, these people want a king. What do you want me to do? What did God say first? He said, I'm their king. I'm all the king they need. Ain't I enough? And you think about that for a minute. Ain't he enough? Do you really want the burden of some 
uh, man with faults and imperfections ruling over you when you have a perfect God and King? That wasn't enough for them. And see, that's what they were looking for the second time too. They wanted another king. They wanted somebody else that's going to save us from the, the rule of the Romans. Going to bring us out to a place where we're the dominant force in this world again, right? That's what they wanted. They wanted to rule in this world. They got a king. Wasn't what they were looking for. It wasn't what they were expecting. But he came and did a job nobody else ever did. He came and did for them like nobody else ever could. You think about that, guys. See, he came and he ruled. But his dominion was not on this earth, his dominion was in spiritual places. His dominion was something that we couldn't even conceive of at that time. People looked at it and they didn't understand it. They knew what the Word said in the Old Testament. They knew what those old writings said and they couldn't understand what was going on in front of them. We have the benefit of hindsight. Right? It's so easy to criticize the Jews, but we're looking at it from hindsight. We can see everything at one time and see how it all fit together. So don't be too critical of them. Because I guarantee if you were in the situation they were, we'd have done the same thing. Y'all, what would happen right now if somebody came and said, I'm the Son of God? You'd laugh at them. That's right. Whatever. You are retarded. You are crazy. How many times have we seen people over the years come and say those kind of things? What does everybody say? You're crazy. We have the benefit of hindsight. We know they're crazy, right? But these Jews were listening to this man claim that he was the Son of God, claim that he was God. It was the same thing for them. Listen, our Savior came. He endured all of those things. He spent His life here on this earth serving. He spent His life here on this earth building a kingdom. People couldn't see it. They couldn't touch it. But He laid a foundation that nobody else can lay. He laid the groundwork for what was to become the kingdom of God. Today we reap the benefits of that work. Today we take part in that kingdom. We we have that spirit of adoption that the Word calls it. We become part of His family. We, we, We take part in His inheritance. We are joint heirs because Jesus came and opened the door that no longer did we even have to sin. You see, we were in bondage. And He set us free. He liberated us and gave us a a way that we could go and not have to sin anymore. Y'all, Paul describes it. He says that the sin that I do no longer is it me that does it. I don't want to do those things anymore because I am a new creation. I still have to contend with my flesh. 
I still have to whip it into submission. Sometimes it wins out because I allow it to. Sometimes I don't conquer like I should. But I have every resource available if I'll just accept it. If I'll just look for that strength. See, that's what Jesus did, y'all. He came and provided a way. He came and showed us the way. See, it's one thing for somebody to tell you, but for somebody to come and show you, it's a whole different thing. Have y'all ever been going to somebody's house that you hadn't been ever been to before, and you kind of get in the general area, but you just can't quite find it? And they say, oh, I know where you are. Just hold right there and I'll come and get you. Right? What do they do? They come and they meet you. They circle around and they go to their house and you follow them. That's what Jesus did. He said, I see where you are. I'm going to come get you. He came. He led us. He showed us the way. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you that you can be there with me also. He showed us the way to it. He didn't just come, He didn't just send word, right? He didn't just give us directions on a piece of paper. No, He came and showed the way. He showed us everything that you need to do. Not only did He show us the way, but He provided the way, the transportation, the means by which we get there. It's all through Him. What a wonderful Savior. Y'all, God went above and beyond, way out of His way, just so we could be with Him. You think about that. So many times we want to look at God like He's this big, kind of overbearing person that just wants to punish us, right? The only time I ever want to look at Him like that is when I know I've done wrong. Right? I feel the guilt of my sin. But see, I always come to my senses and I realize, you know what? God don't want to punish me. That's why He sent Jesus. He sent Him so I wouldn't have to be punished. The Word tells us in John 3.16 that He sent His Son so that we wouldn't have to perish. So that we would have eternal life. He gave us a way He went through all sorts of different measures to get us to a place we could receive forgiveness for our sins. Not only forgiveness. You see, He offered that sacrifice one time. That was all that was necessary. He didn't just provide forgiveness for that sin. He provided for eternal forgiveness for your sin. He provided everlasting life. He went above and beyond what we could ever conceive of. What does the Word tell us? It tells us He can do abundant, abundantly above what we can ask or think. Exceedingly abundantly. Y'all stand with me this morning. It's so easy to get caught up in these holidays. We get wrapped up in all the presents and the parties and the food and everything and y'all my our savior oh man <laughs> he did some wonderful stuff for us
gifts that we can't ever repay, gifts that we can't ever match in any way. I hope y'all have a blessed day today. Be safe, be careful. And y'all come back the next time. I love every one of y'all. Me and Rhonda both do. We love each and every one of you. Y'all come back and, and be with us Wednesday night for Bible study. <clears throat> Brother John, will you dismiss for us, please?